Good morning, everyone. I am so thankful to be here with y'all this morning. It's a beautiful day, and I see a lot of great faces, and I'm thankful to be a part of your family here. And if you're visiting, welcome to New Hope. We're so happy to have you. There are visitor cards out back, right out the doors, and gifts for you. So please fill out a card, get a gift from our church um, so that we can stay in contact with you. Um, we are so thankful for all that we have going on in the service today with Devin and his family and um, I don't have any announcements, so just keep up with us, read your bulletin, and look on the website. Um, it's constantly updated for things that are going on with youth and kids. So if we could go to the Lord together in prayer this morning. Father, Almighty God, we humbly come before you, Lord, and in the, in the start of this time together, we've all gotten here one way or another, whether for a special event, special reason, or um, our discipline, Lord, that we commit each week to come here to worship, to learn, to fellowship with others. Whatever the reason we're here, we just pray that you see us, use us, open our eyes to the things that we are tightly closing our eyes to. Reveal to us in a powerful way, even against our own will, reveal to us what we need to hear from you today. Let the Spirit overwhelm each of us, Lord, so that we cannot leave here the same person. Because we know from your words, Lord, how powerful the Spirit is, how he can live in us and, and change us in such a way that we can't understand. And Lord, as we sit here and, and we are unsure of what that is in our life, I pray that you reveal what we need to do, what our path needs to be as we are together in your name, that we praise you through our words, through our songs, that we bring joy to you, that we honor you through our actions and our thoughts, and that we are like sponges as to what Pastor Russ will bring before us in your words, as to what Melody will bring before us in your song, songs to you, Lord. We love you so much, Father, and we thank you so deeply for all that you have given us through your word, through your spirit, and all that you have forgiven us for. In Jesus' holy holy name we pray. Amen.
Amen. Praise God. That we can trust in His, the promises of His Word, His unfailing Word. And we just thank the Lord for uh, the opportunity to have salvation in Christ. Amen. <clears throat> you know, we're all, if we're believers in Christ, we're all called to be servants in Christ. We're all called to the high standard of, of, of Jesus Christ and His righteousness and His holiness. And today we're going to have, we have the opportunity of, of uh, ordaining Devin Piercy into the uh, ministry of deaconship uh, this morning. And uh, when we think about deacons, deacons are not called to a higher standard than anybody else, but they are placing themselves in a position of greater responsibility and greater accountability to God. Uh, again, so today we, we have the opportunity to, to, to set aside Devin and, and offer up him uh, to the Lord in the service of deaconship this morning. Several weeks ago, we had the opportunity to elect those who were qualified to be deacon based on 1 Timothy chapter 3. And this passage sets forth the qualifications of, of the person that the church elects to be a deacon. Among others, uh, again, New Hope has chosen Devin Piercy to serve as deacon. And I, and I pray, Devin, that, that, that you'll continue to demonstrate the qualities the, uh, of Christ that the church has seen in you that allowed them to, to nominate you and to, to vote on you as deacon. As we turn this morning to Acts chapter 6, if you will, turn with me there. We're going to answer two questions this morning. And, and we find in that passage uh, where it lays out when they chose the first deacons. And so the two questions are, why were deacons chosen? And then what was special about the deacons? Why, why did they choose the men that they chose? Okay, so we're going to look in that, in that passage this morning in, in Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Acts chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. And it says, In those days when the number of disciples were in, was increasing, the Grecian Jews among them complained about the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. So the twelve gathered all the disciples together and said, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the Word of God in order to wait tables. Brothers, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the Spirit and wisdom. And we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer and ministry of the Word. We see in the, in the early church, in, in Acts chapter 6, the, the church was growing, okay? The, the thought of Christianity, the that new religion, the following of Jesus Christ was new on the scene. <clears throat> it was growing. Rapid numbers of people were coming together and, and joining this movement. And so, as you might imagine, there were growing pains going on in the church. One of those was that the, that the widows of the church weren't being given out the food that was due them. And so the Hellenistic Jews were complaining to the Hebraic Jews that their widows weren't getting food. And so that gives us the reason why, was the, why were the deacons elected. There was a problem. There was a problem. And so they chose these group of men to come alongside them 
uh, alongside the, the apostles, the 12 disciples, and, and to make this program more efficient, to be the, the, the ministry of the church, to solve the problems that was going on. You might say that, that this meeting right here with the apostles was the, and the, others, the, the, the other disciples was the first committee meeting, okay? So that's where it all goes back to. <clears throat> so if you have problems with committee meetings, we can look at Acts chapter 6, okay? Um, but the apostles, they were, they were preaching, they were carrying out the ministry of the, of the church. In addition to that, they were being persecuted by the outside world. And so all this was going on, and, and, and the church wasn't running efficiently. And so, in thinking about all that the apostles were trying to do and, and the distractions that they were having, they were taking a time, they were, all this was taking time away from the, from the disciples, from the apostles' opportunity to, to spend time in prayer and, and to prepare for preaching God's Word. And so the deacons were elected to basically be their, their arms and legs, to do the the, the ministry work of the church so that the apostles could continue to be spiritually ready to bring God's Word to the people when it was time to preach. But what was it about these men? We Oftentimes when we see the word disciples in the Bible, we think about the 12 disciples, but there were many, many, many hundreds perhaps of, of disciples that were following Christ in the day. And it says here in this passage that, that, he called, that they called all the disciples together. And, and from them, choose seven men from among them to carry out these, these uh, jobs or these uh, duties in, in the church. But what was it about these men that, were, that was special? What was it that set them apart? It says in that meeting they were charged to choose seven men who were Number one, they had a good reputation, they were full of the Spirit, and they were filled with wisdom. You know, it's one thing to be qualified. It's one thing to be nominated as a deacon like we did a couple of weeks ago. And one thing I often hear from people that, that have never served as, on the deacon board is, what do you do? What do you do? What does it consist of? What does it mean? Well, what we just learned there is carrying out the duties of the church, is carrying out the ministries of the church, is being the right hand of the pastor, is being a, a partner with the pastor in carrying out the ministries of the church. But in order to do that, <clears throat> that person needs to have a good reputation. They need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be filled with wisdom. And so first of all, the, the deacons were chosen because there was a problem. Again, the, the, the widows weren't being given their food allotment, so they were, they were hungry. There was hunger issues. We all know when, when hunger issues arise, things can, get, can go south in a hurry, can't it? And so you had all these complaints back and forth, but it was the deacons that were called out to, to carry out this function in the, in, in the ministries of the church to make sure it ran efficiently. But they were chosen because of those three characteristics, those three attributes that they possessed. They were of good reputation. And that good reputation comes back from 
1 Timothy chapter 3 where it outlines the qualifications of a deacon. So they had a good reputation. What happens when you lose your reputation? You know, once we lose our good reputation, it's hard to get it back, isn't it? You see people all the time that, that, that were doing great and then they, they did something stupid, okay? And their reputation was ruined. And yet maybe they've changed, maybe they've made a complete turnaround, maybe they've changed their life completely, but still that past haunts them, doesn't it? Even though we as believers are, are called to forgive, we still, people still remember, don't they? And so when we lose that good reputation, it's hard to get it back. You know, you think about it, our world looks admirably to those who, who have great wealth and a big house and, and all the toys in life, all the good things in life. But the Bible says that might be good, but that's not the most important thing. The Bible teaches us that, that we need to work harder for a, for a good reputation. We need to put all our effort into making sure we have a good reputation than, than we have all the riches of the world and all the good things of the world and all the toys of the world. It says in Proverbs 22, verse 1, it says, A good name. A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. To be esteemed is better than having all the silver and all the gold in the world. Deacons, it says, must have a good name and a good reputation. I might also add that they need to strive for greatness. You might be thinking, well, Pastor, that's not, you know, that's kind of prideful in you being great. We need to strive to be great, but, but not the way the world thinks, not the way the world believes, not the way the world would, would point out a person as being great. Amen. If you look at Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 through 28, we see the definition of greatness and what makes a person great. It says in Matthew verse, chapter 20, verse 26, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so literally, the, the deacon is to be, literally be a servant. The deacon is to give himself to the membership of the church. And, and I want to point out something to to every person in here that's, that's ever served as a deacon. This, when, when, when you're called out as a deacon and you're ordained as a deacon, that's not for a three-year term. That's a life calling. You don't turn in your ordination papers and your ordination uh, time back to the church and say, I'm done after this, three, after this three years. No, that reputation needs to follow you. Your, your, service, your, your service heart uh, needs to follow you all the days of your life. That it doesn't change once that time ends. Oftentimes we see where, where, where the, the deacon will go off the rails after their time off. Begin 
hammering the church and other people and, and causing discord and discouragement in the church. Folks, that's not what a deacon is called to do. A deacon is called to bring unity and, and, and to encourage and uplift the church, uplift the kingdom of God. And so this is a lifetime calling on you, on every deacon that's ever sat in this chair to, to, to be ordained into the ministry. It's not a calling we give up. It's not a calling we give back. We have to keep a good name. Keep our reputation good. The second attribute it describes there is that they were filled with the Spirit. Acts chapter 20 teaches that, that it's better to, give, better to give than to receive. And God is the ultimate gift giver, isn't He? He loves giving. He gave life to that little child on Friday. He gave you this day. He's given us this place to worship. He's given us the opportunity to be called His child. He's given us the opportunity to live eternally with Him in the, heaven, in the glories of heaven. Amen. If we choose Him not, or if we reject Him, we choose the pits of hell. And that choice, my friend, is open to everybody. And we all will make that choice. We either choose God or we choose Satan. We either choose heaven or we choose hell. And that choice is up to us every day. Have you chosen Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know Him as your Lord and Savior? God is the ultimate giver. He is the giver of all good things. And He wants to fill us daily with the Holy Spirit. But we need to come with a with a, a, a repentant heart to Him before we can, you know, we have to get rid of all that sin in our life before we can be filled with the Holy Spirit. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, it says that if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, He is faithful. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness then we can go and seek the Lord. In Luke chapter 11, verses 9, beginning in verse 9, it says, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And verse 13 says, If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven, listen to this, give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him. In our prayer time, are we diligent about asking for the filling of the Holy Spirit? Our prayers should be filled with, with, with emptying of ourselves and emptying ourselves of the world in filling our hearts and souls with the Holy Spirit, with the goodness of God. You see, all this works together. You got the good reputation being filled with the Spirit. And then the third characteristic they possessed was they were filled with wisdom. Have you ever heard the phrase, oh, they're wise beyond their years? That can't happen. You can't be wise if you haven't lived the years yet, right? And so, and so that can't happen. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge 
of the Holy One is understanding. And so the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. True, authentic wisdom comes from the Lord Almighty. Again, look at how all this works together. In Proverbs 15, verse 33, it says, Wisdom's instruction is to fear the Lord, and humility comes before honor. We have to have a humble heart in order to be God's servants. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, and as He teaches, we grow in wisdom. And as we're filled with the Spirit, we use that wisdom and knowledge given to us as we humbly serve the Lord in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me ask you this morning. These same characteristics that are laid out in in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and and Acts chapter 6, they should be seen in, in every follower of Christ. Not just a deacon. Not just the one that's ordained. Not just a minister. But every person who claims to be a believer in Christ. Got a good reputation. Full of the Spirit and filled with wisdom. Let me ask you this this morning. Can people say that about us? Can people say that about me? Can people say that about you? That you have a good reputation? That you're full of the Spirit? That you're filled with wisdom? Because yes, while this sermon is geared towards the ordination of Devon, those are characteristics that every Christian should have. That every believer should have. heard the story of a candidate who was being ordained and he was talking to the pastor and he was feeling really unworthy and, and he said to the pastor, he said, if, if you knew just how unworthy I am to be ordained by you, you wouldn't lay a hand on me, preacher. And the pastor said, if you knew how unworthy I am, you wouldn't let me do it. Because we all need to recognize that in the sight of God, we are just sinners saved by grace, all of us. All of us. And so we need to humbly come before the Lord. We need to humbly come to the the throne of God again and again with a repentant heart, seeking forgiveness from Him and and emptying ourselves at the throne, emptying ourselves at the the cross of Christ and and then being... Allowed, allowing God to fill us with the Holy Spirit so that we can then go out and humbly serve one another, so that we can leave here and go out and serve the world, so that we can leave here and go out and be the light in the dark world that we live in. We are all sinners saved by grace. Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And for me, he left the glories of heaven in all perfection and and rightness and goodness. And he left there to come into this dark, dirty, nasty, evil, wicked world 
And yet in the light of it all, he still lived a perfect sinless life. <clears throat> and the world hated him, the world nailed him to a cross, and he shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sin. They took him down and they put him in a tomb and they, God raised him from the dead on the third day to prove that he was and is and will always be the Son of God who can forgive sins and who, give, and who can give eternal life to those who choose him. Let me ask you this morning, have you done that? Have you chosen Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? Are, are, are we living our life for Him? Or is there some questionable areas? Is there a place in our life that we're not in alignment with God's will? Maybe today is the day that, that God is calling you back into a rightness with Him so that we can have a good reputation, so that we can be filled with the Spirit, so that we can be filled with the wisdom of God. Does the world see us that way? Amen. This morning, I want to invite Devin and, and Roche to come forward. And understanding that it takes both of you, okay, to be Rache, for you to be a support mechanism for Devin. There'll be times when he'll need to be gone. There'll be times of service that he'll have to leave and, and take care of God's business. It's going to take understanding and patience. And so, Devin, there'll be times when, when God calls you into areas of life that, that you aren't comfortable with. Amen. And it's that point we have to decide are we going to follow God or are we going to follow ourselves? Mm -hmm. I want to thank each of you for choosing God's way right now. Devin has come a long way in his walk with Christ. Amen. And if you could see his eyes right now, it's like, yeah. He might be thinking, what's he going to say about me? <laughs> oh, the stories I could tell, my friends. No. You know what? The thing about Devin, as long as I've known him, he's had that good reputation. He is a good man and has been growing in his faith and growing in and allowing the Holy Spirit to use him uh, and growing him in the last several years. And so at this time, I just want to offer a charge uh, to Devin. And, and following, following that, I'm going to offer a prayer. And invite, at that time, I'd like to invite all the ordained deacons or pastors that are here uh, to come down and offer a blessing of, of affirmation and, and, and confirmation over Devin and Rashad. And if you as a church uh, would like to come down and, and offer a blessing after that, you'd cer certainly be welcome to do that as well. Um, but Devin, this church has, has voted upon you as an honor and a great responsibility in selecting you to be a servant of theirs. 
And so will you accept the office of deacon in this church and promise to faithfully perform the duties required? Will you affirm your allegiance to Christ, to the Scriptures, and to the church? I will, what the Lord does. Will you promote the interest of the church, assist the pastor, and look out for the poor and the needy of the church? I will, what the Lord does. Will you promise to cooperate with the pastor and further the interest of this church in promoting its efficient work in all of its ministries? With that, the church acknowledges and affirm you as the deacon. And Devin, we promise to encourage you and cooperate with you as you perform the duties of the, of the deacon here at New Oak Baptist Church. I charge you as a deacon to love Christ. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 11 says, But you, man of God, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. You are charged to love His church. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 15. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. And you're charged to love the families of His church. In Galatians 5, 13. It says, through love, serve one another. I charge you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit to faithfully serve your office in the best of your knowledge and ability and that you will seek divine guidance in all of your work and all of your decisions. In Acts chapter 6, verse 6, it says, They presented these men to the apostles who prayed and laid hands on them. And that's what we'll do at this time. If you will, join me in prayer. Almighty God, we rejoice in the call that you've placed on Devin's life, a lifetime call. And God, we pray that you will keep him in your care and protect him from the draws of the world, from the temptations of the world. Lord, keep him in your word. Keep him strong in his faith. Fill him with the Holy Spirit and wisdom and, and use him to bring glory to yourself, God. Keep him in your word and and in prayer, giving of his time, his talents, and his resources to the kingdom of God. Let him not forget that, again, this is a call on his life. It's one of humble service. Give him the passion to go and to make disciples, as you have commanded all of us. Lord, we commit him to you. And may he be completely surrendered to you in all that he does. In Christ's name that we pray.